This podcast is made possible by Host Analytics and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Anthony Scaglione, CFO of ABM Industries, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 291. As a finance leader, are you driving change change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode, we speak with Roberto Simone, CFO of Wex Incorporated. Yeah, so I would say to you, I mean, from a financial point of view, you know, we want to, we try to look at four or five important metrics. Obviously, the first one is revenue growth, because being on a high margin uh, industry, you know, revenue is the number one driver for, uh, for growing no? um, earnings. So it's very important how we are, how our net revenue is growing in each of the different segments or line of business. The second one is the EBITDA profitability, which, are the, which is the second important metric for us, how much profit no, we, are, we are generating. We also, because as I said to you, we are a high margin business or we are in a high margin industry, free cash flow generation is critical no, to us. And this is linked no, with, the, with the opportunities no, to do acquisitions. So the more free cash flow that you can generate, the more money you can put towards future acquisitions. Listen to our complete interview with Roberto after these words from our sponsor. It's no secret finance professionals are dealing with some pretty complex problems these days. Now more than ever, they need tools that can help them streamline complex workflows and focus on bigger strategic issues. By bringing your finance organization together on a single cloud platform, Host Analytics automates everyday processes that would otherwise slow you down. By streamlining your planning, modeling, consolidation, reporting, and analytics, Host helps you connect your organization so you can react more quickly to changing conditions and make better business decisions to optimize performance. Let Host Analytics be your partner in leading the evolution of your business. Hello, we're speaking with Roberto Simone, CFO of Wex Incorporated. Roberto, welcome. Hi, welcome, Jack. Roberto, you've had uh, several interesting uh, tours of duty as a as a CFO uh, at the Colomer Group, uh, which was acquired by Revlon, and then, of course, uh, you served as Revlon's uh, finance leader as well. And uh, your resume is rather rich in M and A, including a, a number of acquisitions uh, involving Wex. Uh, but first, if you wouldn't mind, uh, take us back a little and share with us what were those experiences that best prepared you for a CFO role? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I will give you three, I think, three, uh, three key important career milestones. Uh, the first one was when I was uh, in the Colomer Group and I was transferred to the UK and, and Ireland. I spent there around three years of, uh, of my life, and, and it was very, very helpful for me because it was um, a setup of uh, four small different businesses. They were all small, four or five million dollars, but they were four different businesses, and I was able to learn everything on the finance space. So 
I was responsible for the full PNL from top line to the bottom line. I was also responsible for the full balance sheet. I was responsible for cash flow. I was responsible for uh, dealing with the auditors. And as part of being, you know, a subsidiary of a larger organization, this allowed me to gain, you know, a lot of knowledge at a small scale, but a, a lot of knowledge on, on a variety of, area, of areas in the finance space. And this was, uh, I would say to you, my first big step no, in, in uh, my career. And, and in fact, every time I talk with people, I always, um, I always want them to, to consider the opportunity of, uh, of going abroad and, and have the experience, which is very, is very rich. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is when I moved to the U.S. in 2000, late 2007, still with the Colomer Group. In, in, that, uh, in that experience, uh, the company wanted me to come here and simplify the, the organization we had in the U.S. So we had eight locations at the time with uh, eight different systems, eight different organizations, but at the end of the day, uh, most of them were serving the, the same customers, and uh, we were all operating under the same principles. So I moved here, and I had to simplify processes, standardize information, implement uh, one new system for all, the, for all the entities, and obviously, at the end of the day, reduce cost, which was a part of the, of the reason. So six years later, we ended with a two locations, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. Uh, we reduce our cost more than 20% on the GNA space. We were operating under one system and under one uh, process and, and one, uh, one location no, from an accounting point of view. So this was a, a great experience as well, especially dealing with uh, all of the different locations in the states from the west coast to the east coast, the northeast, uh, the center. So, I mean, it was a variety. So, I had the opportunity to to meet and, and to, to work with very different type of, uh, of people. So, that was very enrichful as well. And uh, the last, uh, you know, I think the last uh, important role which helped me, you know, in a step as the CFO of Revlon during the transaction was, you know, um, I led the the transaction between the Colomer Group and Revlon from the private equity to, to Revlon. And so I was involved on all the due diligence process. Uh, we presented to more than 20 private equities and the strategic potential buyers. And, uh, you know, I was in part uh, on, on the negotiations of the contract and the SPA. So I think that uh, all that process, because with Revlon we spent over 15 months, uh, in the since the moment we start the first presentation until we close, so I think that uh, I probably did a good job because after the closing or just before the closing they wanted me uh, to appoint uh, as the CFO of the of the newly created entity. So I think those are the three key career milestones, um, and I will pause uh, if you have any questions on on those. It's interesting that you. Uh, you moved into a different industry when you land mm. at Wex, and uh, yeah. I'm curious how how that transition was, and what was the type of job you wanted to create there. Yeah, so it's funny because you know one of the I I've been you know for uh, 
for 15 years of my career, no, I was on the beauty industry, and and when I decided to move to WEX, you know, you from a finance point of view, at the end of the day, most of the things are the same, but you feel like, you know, I was used to have tangible products, no, and and your revenue comes from tangible, doing tangible uh, sales, and and here you do more of uh, transactions, and uh, it was a bit, no, a bit weird for me for the first uh, few months. But, you know, after you get used to, you know, the different KPIs and the different metrics that you need in a, to manage a financial organization, I mean, the, it's, it's, it's the same, no, at the end of the day. It takes you a while, no, to, to make sure which are the KPIs that you need to look to ensure, no, you are moving in the right direction. But all the rest is, is uh, it's more or less the same, no. Um, what I would say to you regarding, no, um, changes or what is the, what things I have changed, no? So obviously I, because it took me on the agreement on the transition, it took me six months, no? Since I signed until I moved in, I had the opportunity to work with the CEO and with the different pieces on the finance organization. So as soon as I landed, I knew already what changes, no, we needed to do. And, uh, and that's what we did, no? We, we made some changes, especially because you know, WEX uh, has been growing, I mean, has doubled the size in the past five years, and we are willing to double again the size in the next five years. So there was a lag between the growth the company has experienced and how the finance organization was set up. So um, I had it very clearly, you know, that I wanted to have uh, corporate finance people and then line of business finance supporting the business, and that was the first thing I did. Um, and then on the on on a separate note, uh, the other piece now that we are working on, which are the main goals for uh, for all the finance organization, are process simplification, implementation of the systems to align information and to have reliable data for everybody, uh, so we can take the right decisions for the company. You no, know, which which it was a bit challenging because this company has been created by too many acquisitions. And we don't have a point of contact from a system point of view. So those are no uh, the main changes and and the main goals. Any any questions for you? From yeah, you? I was curious about your um, uh, the type of team that you rely on there and how it yeah. might be uh, somewhat different from the finance team at Colomer or um, uh, Revlon. Um, what I would say is uh, every company is different, and, and the the good thing at WEX, no, and the culture that is here, is very based on relationships, no. Um, people in all the different line of businesses rely a lot on on you know the other parties, and I wanted to make sure, no, that first within my finance peers there was a you know good communication, good atmosphere, that each other no think. Uh, I'm not competing against you. We are all working together on, on something. And uh, I think we have achieved that already, which is very important. I made a couple of uh, changes, but, you know, I tried to realign some internal resources to, to give uh, people the opportunity to. So I think from that then is, uh, it's, working, it's working well. Yeah, just to give a, a sense of uh, your, your tenure there at WEX, if I have my notes here correctly, uh, mm -hmm. within a year... Uh, the company acquired Evolution One, a leader in cloud-based healthcare technology. 
in a deal worth uh, 532 million. And that merger was soon followed by a, an even larger deal, $1.1 billion deal to acquire Electronic Funds Source, a provider of uh, customized payment solutions. So as I, uh, at this point, usually we ask you to tell us a little bit about the competitive marketplace out there. But uh, I wanted to uh, add on to that and just say, so tell us about a little bit about WEX and its competitive marketplace and how these deals um, you know, fit into that, that vision. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just uh, as a reminder, so Evolution One was acquired in 2014. I think it was in November, so it was a bit more than two years ago. And then between uh, Evolution One and, and the EFS that we acquired last year in June, we did a small acquisition in December of 2015, I think it was, or November 15, was also another small acquisition on the healthcare space. So, you know, this is this is a bit not to tell you why no we were discussing about about the finance organization because the company is growing significantly through acquisitions. No. Um, regarding Wex, um, you know, we are a premier global payment solution provider, and uh, you know, we help businesses to operate more efficiently and productively and uh, with great control over their operations. Um, we closed last year. Uh, we overpassed the $1 billion in revenue, and uh, we are targeting for uh, 2017 a growth of almost 20%. Uh, so I think we are on the right track you not know, to double the company again every every five years, because in theory you should grow around 15% every year. So we have uh, ambitious targets for 17. Our main goals are, uh, you know, through on, on the on the services that we provide obviously are to streamline workflows to reduce backend administration cost to reduce uh, risk of fraud and to have a better visibility into uh, into and control of financial position for cash flows management forecasting and resources planning and uh, as a reminder our company now we are we have over 2500 employees uh, across the world with offices in 10 countries and and, uh, and as I said to you, we are still growing significantly. No? Um, on our, uh, you, you asked no, about the, the company. So we have three line of businesses. The, the most uh, well-known, and because not only for the success, but also because it's the largest, is uh, our fleet space, where uh, you know we have over 9.6 million cars globally. And uh, only in the US, our car, our closed loop is accepted in over 160 locations, 160,000 locations. So this tells you, know, um, how important for us is uh, is this uh, this business, and at the same time, why you no, know, we did the acquisition of of EFS because EFS. So our fleet business was more on the small fleet and large fleets. Uh, we had also a small. Uh, acquisition we did uh, many years ago called Fleet One, which was operating on the tracking, small tracking environment, but the EFS operates on the long-haul environment. So with that, now we are not competing in all of the different segments, both fleets and on the OTR space. Um, the competitive landscape here, obviously, is uh, like in any, you know, you, you get a, you get a competitive uh, threat from everywhere, no? from 
competitors, but also, you know, you have to deal with the big old corporations, which when we have a very good relation. So I think that's very important on the success of the, of the, of the WEX from the, from the past to where we are today. Um, our second largest uh, segment is the travel, exp uh, the travel space. On, on this space, no, WEX uh, virtual travel payment solution help to simplify payments to online travel suppliers, such as uh, you know, hotels, rental cars, tour operators, and destination service providers. In this segment, we operate uh, in, uh, in more than 200 countries and territories and in 18 currencies. So as you can see, I mean, from when we started this business that we 10 years ago to where we are now, we have really no um, expand uh, not only to the U.S. market but absolutely globally. And finally, uh, as you were mentioned before, no, we have our Wex Health segment um, that was was created as part of the transaction of Evolution One in 2014 where we believe now in a, in a world where technology can make healthcare financial decision easier. And that's the idea behind no, the, the promise of the Wex Health family, which is to simplify the business of, of healthcare and, uh, and that purpose guide our work every day. No? Um, the Wex Health is new to us uh, through the Evolution One acquisition. And then on a second, acquisition we did uh, Benesense in 2015. Today we offer no, uh, our healthcare uh, offering is to around 600 partners and we serve more than 200,000 employers and 17 million healthcare consumers. So we have grown significantly as a business that is exploding in the States. Um, we have also a small uh, health and employee benefit solution business in Brazil, but in the U.S. is really growing very nicely. And those are our three main uh, main segments no, where, where today we operate. Uh, the business touches so many different industries here. Can you tell us, uh, be interested to find out what are those key metrics that you, on a, on a daily basis, are paying close attention to? What is it that you're you know, looking at before your first cup of coffee in the morning? <laughs> yeah, so I would say to you, I mean, from a financial point of view, you know, we want to to have, a, and from especially also with my CEO, you know, we try to look at four or five important metrics. Obviously, the first one is revenue growth, because being on a high margin uh, industry, you know, revenue is the number one driver for, uh, for growing no? um, earnings. So it's very important how we are how our net revenue is growing in each of the different segments or line of business. The second one is the EBITDA profitability, which are the which is the second important metric for us. How much profit now we are we are generating? We also, because as I said to you, we are a high margin business or we are in a high margin industry. Free cash flow generation is critical, no, to us, and this is linked no with the. Um, with the opportunities no, to do acquisitions. So the more free cash flow that you can generate, the more money you can put towards future acquisitions. So those three key metrics are very important. And, and uh, another one that is key for us is the attrition rate. 
um, and this applies to all of our businesses because the WEX has a culture very related now with the, the customer, very customer oriented. And for us, it's very important. So we believe it's better to have a very low attrition and grow market share slower than trying to grow market share a lot, but on the tail, I'm losing also a lot of customers. So we want to keep everybody, all our customers happy so we can balance the you know the attrition with the with the with the new wins. No? So attrition is also a very key metric no on our on our organization. And what I would say to you finally is you know because of the the industry uh, the way you implement customers for us is also very important no how we are implementing customers, how long it takes us from the moment we sign a new contract to the moment you know, we finish the implementation and uh, from the moment we are generating revenue. So the, the process of from signing until we are not fully up to speed with the customer is, is something that is very important to us as well. So I would say to you, those are, you know, broad scheme, the four or five key metrics you know, that we, we try to look on a, on a monthly basis on our, on our business. Okay. Well, we always like to ask for a finance, what we call a finance strategic moment. And uh, this is a, a time during the course of your career where, as a finance leader, you were able to uh, see a strategic uh, development of some sort. It might have been an opportunity. It might have been, um, you know, a risk, perhaps, uh, but uh, one that influenced how you uh, reacted to it. Uh, does anything come to mind? It does, it does. So I will tell you something that was very interesting. So when I took the role of uh, CFO of Colomer after being uh, 12, 13 years in the, in the group and being in many places, uh, we put the company on, on sale. No? And during the process, we were also uh, trying to simplify the company because the company, we tried to sell the company before and we couldn't because it was a very complex company with uh, different businesses, different countries, you know, some consumer business, some professional business. Um, it was a very complicated um, business. So one of the things we did when we wanted to put the company on sale and we started to do the investments, what we did, and I asked this to my, my CEO, so when you were seeing the numbers year over year, they were okay, but they were not great. And, uh, you know, we were thinking, how is that possible? Why is this not happening, no? And obviously, you know, if you are selling businesses, your revenue and your profits go down. Um, because, you know, if I had something last year that this year I do not have, automatically, you no, know, your comparison, it's, uh, it's that uh, you have less compared to last year. So we were seeing numbers that were good, but were not great. So, you know, I proposed my CEO, listen, let us do some homework and let's try to a split, you know, what is uh, our, uh, what we call recurrent business and what are these businesses that we have sold in the past couple of years and see how the trend would have been with and without those businesses. So, and we were very surprised because we didn't know that in, in the last uh, two, three years, we sold almost 20% of our revenue and almost 15% of our earnings. So when we look at the, you know, trajectory and the financial performance of the company with and without, you know, those divestments, we realized that really we had a great story. And, 
and you know we we got uh, our uh, auditors in house we wanted no we put together a, a financial a book that uh, they audited and that uh, you know we wanted them to validate that everything we were doing was absolutely correct and in line no with our financial statements and that was the story that you know when we had to put the the company for sale how we presented no our our company and and I'm very proud because you know we didn't thought about it but uh, it helped significantly no on from a strategic point of view not only strategic from the organization but so, but also from a financial point of view so it was a great uh, I think I remember that you know that they sitting with my CEO and telling him listen let me come back with a proposal for you and see if it works so and the story was good because you know we sold the business for two and a half times what uh, you know it was bought and and it was a great transaction no for everybody it was a great tra transaction for the Colomer employees because you know sometimes when you do transaction people no may lose their job or, but in that case it was a great transaction for the company that we were no so i i'm very proud of that of that strategic no insight and and proposal i had at the time we're increasingly asking finance leaders about their priorities when it comes to the workforce. And we know M&A is an area that can have a, a significant impact on the workforce in terms of consolidation and employee retention going forward. Uh, but tell us about your mindset when it comes to successful M&A and some of the workforce challenges that are just inescapable when it comes to merging two organizations together. Yeah. Well, what I would say to you is, uh, you know, my my way of, uh, of, you know, of operating has always been, you know, being transparent with people and being very open. Um, so, you know, since since I moved to the U.S. You not know, 11 or 12 years ago, where, as I said to you, we had eight locations and we ended with only two, which at the end of the day you can consider is a, a merge or an acquisition because we had so many different places we consolidated uh, all of them no you know it always worked for me uh, to be transparent to tell the people what the company needs were uh, but to make sure at the same time that I work very closely with HR in in you know being being good as a company to our employees so because one thing doesn't relate with the other. No, I mean the fact that you have to do things for the organization and for the company because your shareholders want want that doesn't mean no that you don't treat your employees well and that you are not transparent. So this has helped me in you know in all the reorganizations that I have had to do, either internal reorganization or through M&A acquisitions. And obviously when the when Revlon bought the Colomer Group, there were also no synergies to be achieved. So uh, like now when we did EFS. So I think the most important thing is to be transparent, tell the people, you know, what they ask them what they want, because, you know, it doesn't mean that if I eliminate a role of person A, that person A, if he's good and is willing to do other things, you cannot put somewhere else, no? So being open, being transparent, and leverage, no, also the company that you are acquiring with the acquirer, because uh, sometimes no people think, well, the acquirer is the good one, the the one you are acquiring is they are all not good people. I, I don't think that's the case. You know, you need to evaluate all the needs and you may have people in the in the company that you are acquiring that you may want to move somewhere else, no? And 
and you know asking the people what they want to do in in their lives and what do they want to do once the transaction is accomplished i think it's important to support and to transition to the next to the next uh, level no okay Roberto, we're now going to move to our mentoring round where I get to ask you several quick questions intended to uh, inspire and uh, inform uh, aspiring finance leaders. What is that piece of advice you wish someone had given you uh, before you stepped into the CFO office for the first time? Yeah, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, very interesting question. So you know, the, I knew the organization very well, obviously, and I knew probably more than my C, my previous CFO about all the business by itself, no? But the advice I would have uh, wanted to have was, you know, to tell me about the board of directors. Because, you know, when you are on a private equity, um, and obviously, you know, I was part of the business, I did a lot of things in the business, but uh, nobody told me anything about the board of uh, directors, how the board... Uh, meetings were and and you know the first meeting i got there it was like oh my god <laughs> you know it was only financially driven they didn't care at the time about the the business so i would have wished no that uh, somebody would have told me listen when you come to the to the board meeting make sure you are very prepared on which i was on the financial things because i knew them but it uh you know it shocked me a bit, no? So I would have, uh, I would have like uh, more advice on that. There's a lot of discussion today how the finance career track is really changing and how uh, the finance leadership is changing. I'm gonna, I, I want to ask you to, if you were, at, you're 25 year, years old today, and you're yeah. beginning your finance career down that track, what advice would you give to that 25 year old? Roberto. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I will tell them three things, I think. Uh, one is, you know, try to learn as much as you can on the different finance areas. So from accounting to FP&A, if you can get on corporate finance, try to do that. So you can leverage you know, different areas and expertise of, of, a, of the finance community. Um, the second thing I would say is, you know, my advice would be uh, learn from other countries, so travel and get international experience because this is very enrichful and, and will help you, you know, to to really you know understand the, the the other countries. So you know, it's when you are in a global company and if you want to become a CFO, you need to understand what the different cultures and the different countries how they operate. So I would say that's something very important, and I will give the advice to do so. And obviously, finally, uh, be a, um, a business partner, no? Work with the, don't say no first, listen to them, understand, be embedded in the team so they respect you and that they trust you as a, as a business partner, no? And then you will be the smartest person on the, on the team because, you know, if you know, the finan if you know finance and you know the business, you are in advantage of, uh, you know, salespeople or uh, marketing people. Um, because you will know the business very well, but also you have the numbers behind, so you can help them understand how, you know, a promotion or how, uh, you know, hiring new salespeople will impact your your results. So that would be my three advices. 
Is there a personal habit that you have that you, you feel has contributed to your professional success? I think uh, there are two. One is uh, my my wife, you know, that has been with me. I'm very passionate, no? Uh, whatever I've been traveling to. So she has been with me always. Um, and then the second thing, no, uh, tennis. I'm a tennis passionate fan. And uh, I think because, uh, you know, when you play tennis, you 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 are alone. Um and uh, as you grow in the organization, you realize, as I said you at the beginning, no, that you cannot do it on your own. And uh, in tennis, you play on your own, you have your coach, but at the end of the day, when you are on the court, you play on your own. Um, so it helped me not to to position myself on, you know, as I've been growing in, in different final roles, that your team is very important. You know, like in tennis, is, although at the end of the day, in tennis, you play on your own. Here, no, you need your team. If not, you don't succeed. Is there a book you'd recommend? I would recommend uh, um, Dan Brown, which has uh, no has written several books, but I'm a fan of uh, of Dan Brown in general. So I've read his uh, books at least two or three times. No, <laughs> the Da Vinci Code and uh... Da Vinci Code. Uh, the last one was Inferno. Um, so he has wrote four or five books. Intrigue and uh, escapism at the same time. Yeah. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Our final question, what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that obviously in a company that is, uh, you know, trying to double the size, it's not easy, no. To I always tell my people, priority is key, no. So, because we want to do too many things. Uh, I would say to you, from a financial point of view, um, the first one is the the system implementation roadmap that we have on the table, which is key to you know simplify our processes to have uh, better information and to make my finance people more important and, and that they feel they are adding value to the organization. Because last year was a transition year, no? I came in, we bought a big company, so we have been on a transition, we did, we made some changes. So I really want them and, and I really, it's my priority number one. Um, priority number two is to, you know, finalize the integration of EFS, which, you know, we had on our roadmap a 24 months integration process and uh, we are nine months in and so far we are doing very well you know the corporate uh, the corporate uh, communication team that runs all the strategy and the 
and the integration process is doing a great job. So I think it's very important for us because it's the largest acquisition. So it's key you know, that, that we do well on that on that integration and on that transaction. And I would say finally, you know, continue the diversification of our business outside the fuel sensitivity, you know, the fuel price sensitivity, because we are still a company very sensitive to fuel price changes. And every day, you know, we we try to come with new ideas and keep growing outside of, of that space so that on the on the long run no we are less sensitive sensitive no to to fuel price changes i would say those are the three key priorities that uh, you know they come to my mind as uh, roberto as, simon thank you for joining us on cfo thought leader you're welcome jack and thank you for for your time It's Jack Sweeney with a quick note that CFO Thought Leader now has a quarterly print magazine. That's right, print. Each issue will profile 25 different CFOs. Let me repeat that, 25 CFOs. Other uh, print publications are lucky if they're able to bring you five CFOs per issue. What we understand is that you want to consume content in multiple ways. But wait a minute, there's something more here. We wanted this print magazine to be a podcast companion. So when you receive it, we want you to quickly thumb through it and maybe identify which episodes you have missed. We want you to dog ear those pages, as well as uh, perhaps the pages that feature CFOs from episodes you already listened to but found maybe a little extra value from. 12 months later, you will have a library of 100 CFO profiles highlighted with your insights or comments alongside the CFO thought leaders. Now, how much are we charging for this one-of-a-kind 100 CFO profile library? Annual subscriptions are $119. We think that's reasonable. We thought about it a little bit, but that's, that's what we came up with. Uh, visit us and subscribe to CFO Thought Leader magazine at cfothoughtleader.com, where the future of finance is listening.